1: This is episode 83 of Marathon Running Podcast and we're going to talk about nutrition.
0: This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, And inspirational, and let the Marathon Running Podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond.
1: This is your host, Liddy Lundquist. (laughs) No, it's not.
0: Hey, runners.
1: You sound a little hoarse in your voice there.
0: I am. How are you, Ryan?
1: What? Speak up.
0: I can't. I have to whisper.
1: (laughs) So for everyone that's listening, don't worry, letty will be back next week with the intro. But I thought I'd help her out because her voice is not feeling so strong this morning.
0: Yeah, I don't know what happened. It was this week I had a fever. I haven't run in four days or five. I can't even count. I haven't slept in two days because I can't breathe. And everything's great.
1: That last part didn't seem believable
0: It is though, silver linings If this is the worst that's going to happen to us this year Then we're golden
1: Alright, so what are we going to talk about today?
0: We're going to talk about nutrition And we're going to talk about basically How to fill your pantry and your fridge With good stuff for the new year And we're doing this episode on purpose Now at the end of the year So we can all have a fresh slate Or fresh plate, literally You get that? (laughs) So we're going to have a guest on, and that's going to be Amy Shapiro, a nutritionist that has been coming on frequently with us. However, before we have her on, I wanted to talk to you quickly, because you went to medical school, about the purpose of these basic macros. And I'm going to talk about carbs, or you're going to talk about carbs, proteins, and fats. Just what they do for us
1: runners, how we use
0: those macros, and whatever you want to tell us.
1: So, carbohydrates are used to make sugar, which are the main energy source for your body. Excess sugar is stored as glycogen in your muscles and your liver. Um, When your body needs it, it takes that glycogen and converts it back to glucose and then uses it.
0: So with that, Ryan, if you are running and you're consuming sugars while you're running, then is that just an easier access for energy rather than having your body break down fat? Or
1: Yeah, generally your body, I think, um, prefers or prioritizes sugar, but then as you use all your sugar up, then it starts using other sources, and it can use fat or protein, actually, as other energy sources, Um, but it, it tries to go towards sugar first. So if you... You know, protein obviously is from meat, other sources, but it's broken down into amino acids um, to build muscle and to make other essential body functions. But those amino acids can also be broken down again into sugar. Um, and then fats are the similar ways. Fats are primarily used for, you know, cell lining, hormones, things like that. But it can also be broken down into ketones and then used for energy. But primarily, your body wants to use sugar. And if you're running in an aerobic state, then you're using sugar plus oxygen to make energy. And if you're running in an anaerobic state, you're just using sugar to make energy. Energy being that muscle contractions that make your body move.
0: So what about protein, Ryan? What is protein good for, for us runners? What does it do when we eat protein?
1: Well, the protein's broken down to amino acids that are primarily used for, like, muscle growth and to repair tissues, things like that. You know, it's the building blocks, I guess. But also, like, with fats, as I said, they can be also broken down and used as an energy source, too. And proteins will be broken down to sugar, whereas fats are, like, primarily broken down to ketones. But both of those your body can use as an energy source in the, la- in the absence of sugar.
0: So, what about fat, Ryan? Why is fat important?
1: So, sugar is the primary source of energy, but it's, and like we said, converted to glycogen and stored in muscles and liver, but that there's a limited amount of supply of that, and after that's used up, your body has used other things, and fat is a good source of energy storage. Um, the reason why fat's so good is energy storage, too, is it's actually lighter, so the amount of energy you get for the same amount of weight is less, which is why your body converts it to fat um, to store it in one way. Um, So it's good also to have fat as a long-term energy source. So after your body uses all your energy sources up in glycogen, then it can use fat to convert that to energy through the formation of ketones and other stuff.
0: So that's cool. Thank you for explaining that. And I guess, should we hop into the interview?
1: Yeah, hopefully it's simple enough to understand at least the basics. And
0: I wanted to have a little bit of information as to what it, is, what it even is that we're eating and what it does, so then we can move on to our nutritionist who can tell us what to eat, and then we already know why we eat it.
1: Mm, I'm excited to hear.
0: All right, so let's hop into that. All right. So I'm back on here with Amy Shapiro. Amy, thank you so much for coming back onto our show. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm always so happy to be here. And for our new listeners who haven't heard your past episodes, which I'm going to link at the bottom, can you please tell us real briefly who you are and how you are an expert in this field of um, nutrition?
2: Yes. So I am a registered dietitian um, and I've had a private practice for about 14 years now where I work with clients um, on an individual basis to help them create um, lifestyle um, focused diets and programs to enhance their wellness, their performance, um, and to meet their nutrition goals. Um, While I also do that, I do a lot of corporate wellness. So I do talks and lectures with big businesses so I can share. lots of nutrition tips with a bigger group. And then I also consult with brands on um, recipe development or how to um, put their content out in the media. Um, So there's like a a broad spectrum to it, but it's all health focused um, and it's really fun.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so let's hop into today's topic. Today's topic is going to be something that is um, kind of on the uprise right now. You know, Shalane Flanagan has a new cookbook, and we want to know everything that we can about nutrition for runners. So mm. with that said, so if we are runners and we want to basically at the end of the year just throw everything out of our pantries, clear it out, and start over. Let's talk about some basic things that we should want to put into our pantry to start over as a
2: runner. Well, so when I think about the pantry, you know, oftentimes we think about boxed, you know, boxed products, bags of things. Um, And I, I want us to kind of think about the ingredients because when you have pantry stable items, they're going to be packaged, right? And that means they're going to be processed in some form. So we want to make sure if we're eating processed pantry Friendly foods that the ingredient list is going to fuel us instead of, you know, slow us down, add unnecessary calories. Um, so some things that I love to keep in my pantry or that I recommend to my clients is pasta, right? Runners love pasta, everyone loves pasta. Um and I recommend whole wheat pasta if you don't have a gluten issue. Um, so whole wheat pasta has about six grams of fiber per serving and it's, you know, complex carbohydrates. So that gives you energy, but it doesn't spike your blood sugar. Um, if you want a gluten-free product, then a pasta that I really love to recommend is called tolerant. And it's a pasta simply made from one ingredient that is just, um, flour made from, lentils or beans. So this is where I talk about, you know, looking at the label because there's products like bonza, which is made from chickpeas, but there are also like many other ingredients. So although you may think it's healthy because it's made from beans, the fewer ingredients, the better. Um, So that's um, one example of something I would definitely keep in the pantry. Um, Same with any whole grains, right? Quinoa, farro, whole wheat couscous, Um, you know, brown rice, white rice, also, all of these things are great one ingredient foods, right, that you can enhance with your own spices, flavors, you know, oils, um, but they're not, they don't contain any of those inflammatory ingredients just to keep them safe on the shelf. So some things that are just such great pantry staples that are are great for runners and for anyone, you know, any kind of beans, they're so great to keep on hand in your pantry, um, either boxed or canned um, and they don't have to be dry. Um, Those are great. Um, I think tuna fish or canned salmon are great alternatives because they're non-cook and if you just don't have time, they're super easy to prepare. Um, I also am a really big fan of, um, good tomato sauce, right? There's sugary tomato sauce, and then there's good tomato sauce. So I love Rayo's and I love Carbone. Those are two brands that are really good. Um, and some other crackers that are great for runners because they transport really well are Wassa crackers. So those are great with peanut butter. Um, so those are great to keep on hand. Sometimes a good bar, right? Sometimes you need fast energy in a good bar. So those are really not the easiest to find, but I am enjoying monk pack, um, clean ingredients and, um, lots of good energy, um, cliff bars, you know, for runners, they're fine, but they are high in carbohydrates, um, for other people who are just sitting at their desk. Um, and then I'd say oatmeal rolled oats or steel cut oats are such a great, um, thing to keep in your pantry. And again, like chia seeds, flax seeds, nuts, and regular seeds are fantastic, right? These are easy ways to make great meals that will give you energy and provide you with fuel. So, um, oh, and nut butters, right. But nut butters, it's so important to just look for the ingredients that it's just nuts and maybe some salt, but a lot of companies will put in some oils that are usually very inflammatory. So you want to, um, avoid any of that. Um, so those are like my go-to pantry staples because they make solid meals. They provide you with energy and efficiency. They don't fill you up with sugar and fake ingredients. Um, and they really can like live in your pantry for a very long time. So, um,
0: Thank you so much. Those are great. And uh, we'll probably put those into the notes because that's very hard to find information like that. So I'm glad I asked you that question. So um, next, I would like to ask you about a sentence that we hear a lot. It's called everything in moderation. So when it comes to food, is that kind of what you believe is the right thing to do? Or are there certain things that we should completely stay away from?
2: Um, I am a big believer in everything in moderation because I don't think you know. Yes, we know sugar is bad for us, but does it mean that you can never ever eat it? Absolutely not. So my my problem with that sentence is that there are a lot of people who really can't be moderate. Right, they're either all or nothing, or having one cookie really does trigger them to want to have fifteen cookies. So you know i really think you have to know yourself if you can follow that rule then it's really a great way to live and and in nutrition world we call it intuitive eating like you're really just in tune with what your body wants and what your body needs but you can easily stop when you've met your needs, which again, takes a lot of practice. So I do think that everything in moderation is great, especially around the holidays where you can be bombarded with sweet treats and lots of alcohol or sugary beverages, you know, um, big dinners and um, events out. So um, if you can be moderate, wonderful. I think you'll know if you are not Able to practice moderation based on your habits and your behaviors, but also on the results that you're getting, right? So if you don't feel well, if you're putting on weight, if you're not performing your best, then you probably are not living in moderation. So that's kind of how I see it. I think it's a great way to live, but I I understand that it's very difficult for many people.
0: Thank you. So that said, what are some other good eating habits, regardless of whether you're a runner or not? Is it, for example, Good or better to do a lot of small meals like we used to hear? Or is it better to have a few big meals and then fast and have fasting windows? What's
2: your input on that? Yes. So, I mean, again, I I always say this to you when we speak that everyone really is an individual, right? So you have to do what works best for you. So when I I make these statements, you know, these are broad sweeping statements. And if they don't work for you, like don't hold on to them as hard and fast. That's why I work with clients one-on-one so we can personalize programs. But generally speaking, what the research shows is that it's, you know, um, in today's day and age, we are bombarded with food, food messages, um, the availability of food all day, every day. You know, if you're in your, if you're in a bookstore, you can now buy a chocolate bar at checkout. You know, if you're in a clothing store, you can buy m ms and drink soda while you're online. So it is great to eat food that fuels you, let your body burn that food for energy, and then eat again after you've kind of like, you know, used your food for fuel. So you're not what happens every time you eat is that you raise your blood sugar levels. And when you raise your blood sugar levels, your insulin comes up and your insulin is a fat storage hormone. So you want your body to be able to burn through its energy, store some energy, use that energy. So my big recommendation is usually three meals a day with one snack. And each time you eat, it should be spaced out about three to four hours, which means that your meal is, um, of adequate size for your needs because it's holding you and keeping you satisfied and nourishing you for about three to four hours. If you eat and then you find yourself hungry again in an hour or two, that usually means that your meal is not balanced enough in in terms of like macronutrients, so carbohydrates, protein, and fat. So then you need to relook at your um your plate so maybe that means your food was too small maybe eating a small salad with nothing on it even though you want to feel really healthy isn't enough to sustain you so my general recommendation is three meals a day plus one snack um, in the afternoon go three to four hours between meals in terms of intermittent fasting it is really truly fantastic um, for longevity for disease prevention right anti-cancer research is still coming out about this um, But again, many people can't do it or don't want to do it. So I usually recommend um, anywhere from 12 to 16 hours of a fast, depending on who you are. So women who are still getting their monthly cycles should not fast longer than 12 hours. like 12 to 14 hours, just because our hormones are different. Uh, Women who have gone through menopause can fast for 14 to 16 hours and men do really well fasting 14 to 16 hours. Um, So if you can work that in, that is great. Um, With intermittent fasting, everyone likes to kind of put off eating in the morning as long as they can. So they can eat later. And no, they put off eating in the morning um, so they can eat later in the evening, but the true, beauty of intermittent fasting is to like eat with the sun and stop with the moon. Right. So it's not about eating in front of the TV later and then being like, Oh, that's fine. I'm just going to fast all day. So I can make space for that. It's more about eating when your body needs energy to use um, efficiently throughout the day to fuel you. And then when you're sleeping to not have to digest and process that food so your body can actually repair and recover itself instead of spending energy digesting. So I do love intermittent fasting for most people, um, if you do it the right way,
0: that makes sense. Does that and all makes sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Okay. And interesting with, with all that research that's still coming out, um, it's kind of fascinating how, how intermittent fasting can actually be something for a disease prevention as well.
2: And longevity. Um, it really um, is shown to um, promote longevity. With being a runner, though, it may be tricky because let's say you are going for a morning run and you like to eat a banana or two bananas before your run. Um, again, I'm making this up. Um, and then let's say you go for a long run and you don't come home for a couple of hours and that, you know, that starts a small meal and then you maybe eat a big meal and then you're not hungry. So again, you you as runners, you all know how your body performs the best. So it's almost kind of taking that, I would say like, let's say you ate those two bananas, you went on your run, you came home from that meal that you eat after your run, you know, to hope that it holds you for three hours before you eat again, which will show you that it is enough fuel to carry you through what you need. And the size of that meal will differentiate based on, you know, each individual.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. And that, that kind of leads me into my next question, which is the ratios of the food groups that we have. We have the carbs, we have protein and fats. And as runners, I'm wondering are my intake requirements percentage wise different than a person
2: that's not a runner? You know, again, probably. Um, there are definitely some people who run, you know, and probably don't eat what I'm going to recommend. Um, but I would say people who are not active um, definitely need less carbs than people who are actively running. If you're a runner and you're not, let's say, you know, um, Letty, I know that you're coming off of being sick. So I'm sure that you weren't running as much right this week. Um, you know, your carb amount may be decreased because you're not, you are six, your body is still burning energy, but um, you may not need as much as if you're training for a marathon or, or doing a long run. Um, so, um, usually I recommend, um, I'd say most of my clients are getting about 40% carbs, um, really good, well-sourced carbs and carbohydrates include, you know, fruits, vegetables, grains, legumes, dairy, um, desserts. Right. So in that I'm still recommending mostly whole foods, mostly plants. Um, and I would say when you are actively running, um, you know, you could probably need more from 40 to 60% of your diet coming from complex carbohydrates. Um, even, you know, and even more depending again on who you are, but it is important to be able to have enough fats and protein to repair um, your muscles, to um, promote digestion of all the vitamins and minerals found in the carbohydrates um, and to keep you full. So I would probably say 40 to 60% carbohydrates, depending on your day, where you are in your performance um, is probably a general range.
0: And how do we know if we're taking in enough? Is it just kind of like by feel, like you said, if we're eating one of our meals and then those three to four hours don't elapse and we're already hungry again, is that how we know that we are missing?
2: Well, you know, one, it's going to be how you perform and how you feel, right? So if you find that you're running and you are just, you know, running on fumes and you feel, like you're just not doing your best. You probably haven't fueled your body right, unless of course other things are going on. Um, but you will know. So I don't count macros with my clients only because most of my clients don't want to get that nitty gritty. They want to just be able to go and show up somewhere and know how you know how to set up their plate. So generally speaking, I always say you know at least half your plate should be filled with vegetables right? That's our disease prevention, our fiber, that's our vitamins, our minerals, our antioxidants, our polyphenols, all of these things that are going to keep us healthy and well. And then there should be about a quarter- of the quarter of the rest of the plate and for runners, probably two thirds of the rest of the plate to be filled with, you know um, you know, sweet potato grains, pasta, something like that. Um, And then you also want to have like another quarter of your lean protein, right? So you may need a bigger version of that. So like you may need to sit down to a bigger plate, but if you have that marriage of um, protein, fat and complex carbohydrates together in one meal, you should, um, feel satisfied and perform well, um, you know, for those three to four hours, again, depending on how much you need to, like, Letty, you will need a different amount of that um, breakdown than a man who is doing the same, you know, athletic output as you just because of the way that we're designed. But can the marriage of those three nutrients is what's going to keep you Full and satisfied and energized for the longest period of time um, in a balanced way. If you just ate a plate of pasta, you would even if it was large, you would probably feel hungry in two hours because it's a large intake of just carbohydrates, which will spike your blood sugar very quickly. So, so great during certain times of running, um, but then it will come down very quickly and you'll feel really crappy, right? And you'll run out of energy. Um, so, when we eat that plate of pasta, maybe we mix it with some shrimp and some broccoli. Then we have the protein and olive oil, right? And then we have the protein, the fiber, and the healthy fats that will slow down the digestion of the carbohydrates so we don't get a dramatic spike and drop and then want more food. So that's the beauty of combining your food, whereas there are certainly certain times like eating two bananas before your run, you don't wanna combine that with anything because you don't wanna slow your digestion that will give you a cramp or make you feel, you know, so it, I think the timing is important. Oh, I see. Wow. There's, so,
0: there's always so much more to it than I
2: think. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, again, and that's where you have to experiment with your body. There will certainly be times when you eat too much and you feel too full. But, you know, if you can keep that kind of comparison in mind, you know, we always want you to eat mostly plants. They're just so much There's so much health benefit that comes out of them. And then we want you to eat protein and fat with it. So just kind of remembering, you know, if you're getting a bagel, make sure you put that cream cheese and lox on it because it's going to keep you more full, you know, for a longer period of time.
0: That makes sense. Thank you for that. Um, Amy, what about, you kind of addressed it a little bit, vitamins and minerals. I know ideally you want to take it out of our foods, but if we feel like we perhaps don't get enough, what are your thoughts on, um, any supplementing that you recommend specifically for runners? I know us as women, we are we're having bone density problems as we age and things of that nature.
2: Yeah, so um, you know, I think that it is idealistic for us to think that everyone's going to get all the nutrition they need from their food, especially these days when our soil is depleted of nutrients, you know, and, and people are juggling kids and jobs and all these things, your days aren't always going to be perfectly curated. So while as a dietitian, that is my hope, um, I also am very realistic in my approach. And I usually do recommend certain supplements to certain people, of course, again, in an individualized manner. Um, for athletes, you know, I do think having a multi, um, a multivitamin on board is a great idea. Um, it just, I consider it your safety Net, Like it can't harm you. It can't hurt you. Um, it's not going to, it it won't, you can't, can't out supplement a bad diet. So it can't be like your only thing like, Oh, I take a multivitamin so I can go eat all hamburgers. But I do think it's a great safety net for women runners. A lot of runners, um, tend to be low in iron. Um, so if you want to take, um, a multivitamin with iron, they are different than multivitamins without iron. So you may want to consider that. Some multivitamins have enough calcium, many do not. So I sometimes would recommend if you are not eating dairy, right? We want to get about a thousand milligrams of dairy a day. So if you're not eating of calcium a day, so if you're not eating dairy, you may want to consider supplementing with a calcium supplement, but more importantly is making sure that you're getting enough vitamin D and vitamin K because you cannot um, absorb and use calcium without vitamin D. So My general recommendations for supplementation are a good multivitamin, vitamin D, so anywhere from 2,000 to 5,000 IU every day. I also usually recommend omega-3 fatty acids. That comes from cold water fish um, like salmon and mackerel and sardines, um, and they are great for our brain and our heart and our skin and our eyes. And even if you eat fish four times a week, most people are not meeting their needs of omega-3s. Um, and if you are vegan, you can get omega-3s from flax, um, chia, walnuts, but not your body doesn't absorb it as efficiently. So I do recommend an omega-3 supplement for everyone, about 1,000 milligrams um, of EPA DHA. And then the other um, product that I usually recommend across the board is a probiotic. And a probiotic is great because it does help to keep your healthy gut bacteria, that prevents disease, enhances performance, um, helps with weight management, um, and helps with digestion. Um, and that is something that I recommend most people take as well. The other add-ons sometimes are B complex because we do lose B vitamins, um, and if we're not eating enough grains and um, nutrients with them, you can take a B complex if you feel like your energy is flagging. So that's um, another thing. And then the last. Um, Thing I would leave you with is as runners, I would definitely recommend um, an electrolyte supplement during performance um times. So something one that I'm really into right now is called Element. Um, and it focuses on sodium mostly. And many people feel dramatically different after they start to use that at least once a day.
0: I did actually try that <laughs> element um, drink before, and it made such a huge difference. Um, I took it in the summertime. As you know, I'm living currently in Florida. It's super hot. And that was just such a great revitalizing rehydration. And I'm not a big fan of sports drinks normally because a lot of them, have a lot of sugar too, but that mm-hmm. was um, something that made me feel really, really well.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting because it tastes salty. It's in comparison to many other ones because their focus is truly on getting enough salt. Um, so some people have told me they don't like to drink it during their runs, but maybe before or after at some point of their daily routine. Um, other ones that are, are not full of sugar that I do like, Ultima is a great um, product. It's Ultima Replenisher and Noon tablets and UUN. Those, um, those three elements included are, are my, my um, top recommendations for cleaner, healthier um, electrolyte supplementation.
0: Perfect. So I wanted to ask you this question, even though I've asked you this in the past before in our previous episodes, but we've had a new, a bunch of new runners. So when should I eat? How much of what, um, before my run? So the difference, you know, between long run, short run during my run after my run,
2: um, when is a good time to eat? So, uh, you know, again, and this is so individualized. I have, I just had a client the other day who ran a half marathon on nothing like absolutely zero. And he felt like a million bucks. Um, I've also had marathon runners, um, literally fuel during their run with Swedish fish instead of goose and, you know, drink coffee and alcohol the night before, you know, the night before in the morning of and perform amazing. So you really have to know your own body. Um, that's my number one goal, because if you follow my recommendations and you feel like crap, you know, that, that would be, that would be terrible. And I would hate if you ruined a race day. So my first recommendation is always, and you you all know this probably from training, but I just, as a professional, I feel like I have to say it, you know, test out all of these recommendations prior to any big race or, you know, personal best that you're trying to meet. Um, for most short runs, um, a little bit of carbohydrate is, is um, enough, um, you know, an hour to 30 minutes prior to a run, if you're running fast at a high clip. Um, Hydration is also important, but definitely not right before because you don't want to cramp, um, Some people can do their short runs fasted. So if you are gonna start to experiment with intermittent fasting, my recommendation would just be to drink enough water um, or an element drink like the night before and then to hydrate the morning of, but you may feel great fasted and then it's about refueling afterwards. And if you are going for a a long run or marathon or anything of that nature, you know, eating a carbohydrate paired with a protein or a fat to give you that sustained energy is important, but of course you're going to be consuming um, energy and calories and glucose during these long runs for performance um, in um, increments that work for your body. But I would say something like whole wheat toast, um, peanut butter and a banana would be a good um, before long long run uh, meal. Um, You know, if I like savory foods in the morning, so maybe like a potato, a baked potato with um, cottage cheese or some tuna on it would be good, but it's that combination for sustained energy before a long run.
0: I appreciate you mentioning about your marathoners because I feel like nowadays with the running industry being so big, there's so many runners and so many people seeking information. I feel like we as runners have almost been taken advantage of by having all these rules of what you can and cannot eat. And you have to have a goo and you pointing out that somebody ate Swedish fish, you know, in essence, it has the same effect. It gives you that sugar and energy. So it doesn't have to be all, that crazy and obsessive. And I really like that you said that. So thank you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I mean, there are some that are convenient that are, you know, packaged like stinger, um, you know, um, what are those, those waffles, the waffles, Mm -hmm. right. But they sell strip waffles at the coffee shop, right. It's just, they're repurposing it because it's fast sugar, right. Fast glucose. Um, you know, some of my clients like to make their own energy balls, um, you know, with a little bit of dried fruit dates and some nut butters and hemp seeds, you know, because they like to carry that, um, dried fruit could also work. Um, you know, orange slices. So it really is, some people just wanna drink their, you know, drink their glucose. So it's again, trying it because if you goo for the first time, you know, you may have bowel, um, we talked about this last time, having some digestive issues during your run. So you, you know there are tons of products out there but there are tons of products out there for kids and there are tons of products out there for people who snack so it's really just like doing your research reading those labels knowing what feels good for you and then also you know clearing out all the noise there's so much information out there so you are your own science experiment so whatever your best friend's doing may not be what you need to do um but you know your own pr like personal best right so it's almost like how can you make sure that you're performing to that level every time and My recommendation is fueling with whole foods is always going to make you feel better than fueling with some processed package, just trying to mimic what whole foods is going to do for you more convenient, but with a little bit more prep time, you know, I I think you'll feel and perform the best that way.
0: I love this. Thank you for this. So I want to ask you one last question and it's about caffeine. And Mm. um, so basically how does caffeine affect my body as a runner and should be drinking caffeine?
2: Okay. So, you know, the research shows that caffeine enhances performance, right? So, um, it can, um, or what it has shown in some studies is that it has enhanced the output of athletes. So in my mind, caffeine is, um, a beneficial addition to, um, any diet, of course, this is very personalized. Some people digest and metabolize caffeine very well, and some people do not. Caffeine does not help you if you are already feeling anxious and nervous, right? It will only perpetuate and, and make you feel more anxious and more nervous so you have to know how you feel um but again i am a fan of caffeine the other piece is though caffeine is a diuretic so it depends where in your run you're having it and to make sure that you are hydrating um instead of just losing um water and sometimes also and you all know this but caffeine can um make you have to go to the bathroom, right? To have to have a bowel movement. So you want to time that also accordingly to where bathrooms are available and um, when you have time. But the research does show that caffeine does enhance athletic performance, speed, um, and outcome. So if it works for you, then fantastic. If it doesn't and it makes you more anxious and you know and nervous, then it will not enhance your workout. So it's again, do what's right for you.
0: Okay. So, yeah. yeah, So thank you again for, for this information. And I mean, I guess running is just really individualized. I just wanted to make sure there was no drawback to caffeine more than there is a perk because we do know that, you know, as you mentioned, caffeine can affect our performances very well, but then of course the drawback can be that if you're not used to it, how does it affect your nervousness, heart rate and all that fun stuff that we have to pay attention to.
2: Yeah. And I do think that when we talk about caffeine, you know, what, what's the negatives when it comes to caffeine is what we think of like these sugary coffee drinks. It's what I always say. It's what you put into your coffee. It's not the coffee itself that has negative side effects besides the adrenaline and the anxiety that it can produce. But when we talk about caffeine, we're also usually talking about coffee, but there are so many other great ways to get caffeine, like green tea or matcha, which is a little bit more of an even, um, not energy burst, but like an, um, an even adrenaline rush, um, but also has tons of antioxidants and other health benefits too. So if coffee doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean that green tea or matcha might not work for you if you feel like you want that boost. But again, if you're going to buy something for quick consumption, read those labels. If you're going to go to a Starbucks or a coffee shop, make sure that what you're putting into your coffee is not going to, to outweigh the benefits of it. And coffee, one last thing I'll say about it is a really great source of antioxidants believe it or not um so um and it has been shown to enhance brain cognition neurotransmitter um connection um so it is so it is great organic is ideal because it is a heavily sprayed crop um same with green tea and matcha but um just read those labels like i think if our big takeaway from this conversation is to read those labels and know what you're really putting into your body um all things can be great but don't don't be fooled by the marketing on the front right? Flip it over, take a minute to read what's going on in the back.
0: Perfect. And and we'll close it at that. Amy, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, for our listeners that want to know you more and know more about your business, how can they find you?
2: Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you again. Um, they can find me. My website is realnutritionnyc.com. Um, they can email me at amy at realnutritionnyc.com. And then I'm most active on Instagram, which is simply at realnutrition. Thank you so much, Amy. My pleasure. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you, Amy. That was great information. And I guess, Ryan, given that my voice is gone, I should stop talking, huh? What
1: does the doctor (laughs) say? Rest.
0: All right, I'll be resting, guys. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us And as always, have a great week of running.